When you're deep in a dark dungeon and the cleric's down and dying And you've taken all the potions you had left And you feel like you are doomed because the demon you set loose is coming after you And you can smell its breath Don't ever give up Hello, welcome to the Roleplaying Exchange, end of the year review I'm your host, Adam, and joining me, as has been our way since April, is... Noah and Chris. Whew. So, you know, we can't quite say that we made it a year, because, you know, April and all, but, you know, here we are, December, yep. counting down, so... There's a, there's quite a bit of pep in that, that intro there, Adam. Good job. Yeah, I'm just trying to, trying to soldier through to Saturday, man. You know, <laughs> it's been a um, eventful year. Many of these events we're all sick of hearing about, so we're not going to talk about it whatsoever. All I know is that I am cold and dead inside. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> Don't worry, Chris. Global warming. <laughs> it will warm. Um, excuse me. I, I believe you mean that's a Chinese invention. <laughs> <laughs> and we did it anyway, folks. We did it anyway. <sighs> So, we're an RPG <laughs> podcast, and <laughs> maybe we should talk about RPGs. So, first first off, now this is by far not a comprehensive list. I, you know, like a lot of us out there, there's certain things that peak, that peak my interest and I pay attention to, and there's other things not so much. So, we're going to talk about a few big games that came out this year. Spoiler alert, if it has a sword in it, Sans one of these games, I'm probably not going to talk about it because I really don't follow uh, that particular niche. Not knocking it, just saying not quite my cup of tea. So, man, I think for me, the biggest release of this year, 2016, was Delta Green's second edition. Oh, God, it seems like that's all we've been playing. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um it's it's not a hundred percent out yet, but the the agent's handbook and and all the the kind of prep stuff for the for players. Yeah, we had we've had a couple. So you had we had the main book come out. Oh, God, June, July. I think July was around the date that 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 book shipped out. Of course, PDF copies. The uh, the agent's handbook, the the full core uh, role playing game, still isn't is. I think they're shooting for PDF release in February and then probably like sometime summer for the, the actual hardback uh, book. So it, that will be a new book for me to pack to Gen Con and look at Shane Ivey and Scott Glancy and Greg Sozy and company and like puppy dog eyes and get signatures on. Right, exactly. I ah. mean, you should also get somebody who's not who didn't work on the book to sign it. So like Kevin Symbieta. <laughs> <laughs> just, well, just random people. Excuse uh, me, Caleb, can you do this for me? Find this? <laughs> that, that, it was mildly embarrassing for me at Gen Con. Of course, I deserve this after how I've written Noah about his um, Ken Hot experience that I had. I, uh, said, I think I've gone over that once or twice before. Yeah. So. <laughs> but when I had Glancy sign this book and Glan- uh, the agent's handbook, and Glancy's been more like he's been involved in the book that is soon to be released, but he was gracious enough to sign it anyway. And then I heard him casually mention to someone else later that he did not, uh, in fact, write any of the words that appeared in that book. So, <laughs> yeah, but he's also been with the the whole Delta Green franchise. Uh, oh yeah, since its inception in Got the it. early nineties, it was Pagan Publishing in the beginning, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. Yes. 
Oh, well, it started as a a scenario convergence, which we have played. I don't think we recorded that though. But uh, the start of convergence and the unspeakable oath, which was John Scott Tynes and a couple other people's Cthulhu Call of Cthulhu magazine, and then turned into a full book from there. Awesome. Uh, any other big games that you guys can think of off the top of your head that uh, really kind of jumped out at you this year? No, nothing. <laughs> uh, well, there, I don't, there hasn't been that. There's been a bunch of like big new games that have come out or new editions of games. Yeah, I mean, a lot of I, stuff that I I don't personally follow all that much. Yeah. Um, there's been a bunch of stuff that has been kickstarted this year that is going to be coming out in hopefully next year or if not, you know, a little bit sooner. Um, but I know uh, the Seven C Second Edition Kickstarter happened, mm-hmm. which was I think. I think it is the biggest tabletop role-playing game Kickstarter ever. Yeah. Uh, at least the last I heard, I hadn't heard of anything else uh, had had taken its place. Um, but that has since come out. Yeah. The, uh, the English translation of Polaris, which uh, actually I worked on, uh, oh. started this year. That's and cool. uh, obviously my favorite game of all time and forever, Unknown Armies. Oh, got a yeah. third edition finally. Oh god, yes. and it's out on PDF right now, folks. If, uh, oh god, it's so good. It's beautiful. That's a mo- that is. It's I can't the, uh, wait to hold that book. That's a. I know it sounds weird, but that's a sexy book, Chris. Oh god, yeah. Are they um? <laughs> are the the PDFs like the, are they the official finalized PDFs? Yeah. Yes. Oh, cool. All right. So they um, uh, they released well, a gamma when it released, and that was kind of I mean, it was a hot mess. I mean, it looked the the content was great, but the organization and layout and all that was kind mm-hmm. of. But these, well, are we on book four right now, Chris? Did it just release as PDF? Uh, book four is in gamma at the moment. Oh, it's in gamma. Yeah. So it's yeah that that was a big one here we had this year. I tell you, it wanted I, to jump over on. I'm a big gumshoe fan anyway, and I backed Time Watch, oh, two or three years ago. It was actually the first Kickstarter I ever backed. And it kind of hit some development snags here and there, but Time Watch just released uh, this year. I've yet to actually sit down and run a game in it, but definitely looking forward to it. And I know that Fear um, Itself, the second edition, also released this year, and basically, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Fear Itself was the first um, game to use the gumshoe system. So there's been a lot uh, of... Yes. Yeah. And it yeah, launched alongside Esoterist, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's been a lot of innovations within the gumshoe system through, you know, definitely Nice Black Agents. I'm sure it's probably affected it. I, haven't well, I mean, Nice Black Agents and, and Trail are like the two big, big ones, but there's also like Ashen Stars and, and Esoteris and, and all those. So Mutant City Blues and all. Yeah. yeah. Mutant, Mutant uh, City Blues really needs more love. It's a cool game. It it has a really cool idea setting I, behind it. I've been wanting to check out a bunch of the other gumshoe games just to at least, you know, See them and support Pelgrind and all that. Yeah. So. Is, is Bubblegum Shoe out yet? Uh, yes, yeah, I actually own a copy of Bubblegum. That's something I bought. I bought fucking Bubblegum Shoe. Um, well, well, clearly you need to run it for us, Noah. I, I do. I need to uh, read up on my Scooby Doo and 
Veronica Mars, which I've never actually seen any Veronica Mars, but it's apparently like it's really good. So for those of you the biggest influence, though, for those of you at home that are unfamiliar with Bubble Gumshoe, that is Gumshoe case mystery investigative kind of game. But it's also Scooby Doo high school setting and. Being yeah. a teacher, I'm afraid that my, go- my bubble gum shoe game will take a very dark, 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 dark turn. <laughs> okay, so the very first episode of Veronica Mars includes a very long monologue on how she was raped. So don't worry about that. Yeah, you can you can dial it to to certain degrees. I mean, <laughs> Ken Height at the Delta Green panel at Gen Con last or this past year did provide examples on how you can merge the upcoming Fall of Delta Green with Bubble Gum Shoe. So <laughs> what? Oh, I didn't tell you about that. It's it's no. in the, the, pan, the panel was recorded, and somebody asked, uh, "How do I combine my two favorite Gumshoe games, Bubble Gumshoe and Fall of Delta Green?" And it's like, <laughs> well, you know, you could be teenagers in the the rip roaring sixties, uh, part of like you know the anti war movement and stuff like that, and you know people are handing out drugs, and hey, this. This, you know, L- uh, LSD has like this weird little symbol on it. And why is all this? Why are all these drugs like yellow and, and, and things like that? So <laughs> you can you can That's do. Amazing. Yeah. So I think, I think I was there for that, too. Yeah, I definitely was. Well, there yeah, we, we recorded it. So <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd hope you were there and not some vague, like, <laughs> like spectral manifestation hiding in the corner. No, I was. <laughs> what is that scarecrow doing over there? <laughs> yeah. So, as far as, as so, these were what definitely Bubbles Gumshoe came out. So there was a lot of, even though we mentioned four of them, there's been a lot of good games that came out. And on top of you know these great games, we've also had an opportunity to play in a lot of great games. Um, you know, offhand, I think one of the biggest things, and it's kind of been a part of. Uh, what we've been playing for, I don't know, for about a year off and on is uh, we did the technically until end of December last year, but we did the uh, play test for Red Markets. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that subsequently kickstarted in May, toward the end of May. Yes. And it did well. So we put, mm-hmm. I personally have played. And games that haven't came out yet, such as Red Markets. I got a chance to play with uh, play Upwind at Gen uh, you Con. You got to play Upwind with the uh, creator Jeff Barber, right? Yeah, definitely. who we had on the podcast. Yes, please go back and check that episode out. I've we received many great comments on it, or compliments. We get no comments. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, About that. no, no human comments. <laughs> yeah, just but, free animal sex. I also got, I had a chance this year to play, um, Munchkin. I had never played Munchkin. I actually played Munchkin with, uh, Noah, Nathan, mm-hmm. and Ross Payton at Gen Con. And, uh, I limped and, my way uh, to Joe. I think Joe was there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Joe was there. Joe. Yeah. And it was first time playing Munchkin. So I'm definitely, yeah, same here. definitely enjoyed it. What I was, I was winning until I almost won. I was like one point away and then everybody just ganged up on me and I, I just came out to have a good time and I felt so attacked. That's the Munchkin way. Yeah. Yeah. Munchkin's basically a game of fuck your buddy. Yeah. Pretty I'm much. Not, not super into that game. I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. Um, something kind of similar that we, that we played or at least I played 
uh, some of the same people right before we played Munchkin was uh, the Bloodborne card game, which was released yeah. uh, at Gen Con, um, which was sort of similar. It was a bit more cooperative for the most part, but there's yeah. a, a slightly competitive option uh, where whoever comes out with, you're all trying to fight and work together to, to kill the monsters and all that. But um, at the end, you tally up like how many blood points you get the, the, the blood echoes from the game. And, you know, whoever comes out on top is the winner. But uh, it's a, uh, it was, that was really fun. Um, I'm not big on a lot of board and card games, but uh, that was definitely a, an interesting kind of cooperative and competitive game. Hmm. Yeah, that's definitely uh, mm-hmm. worth checking out. One of these days I'm going to have to break down and play Red Dragon in. That looks like a lot of fun, too. Oh, yeah, I kept seeing a bunch of people play that. It seems like a, I know, uh, I think our uh, our friend Jeb got like the super mega, like everything edition of it. So Blood. a bunch of people were playing that at, uh, at Gen Con. So. I know they got like a little hacked version of it on Tabletop Simulator. That may be a nice fun drink at home. Meanwhile, I've been playing a lot of weird new games. It's mostly board games for me. Like uh, Snake Oil, Code Names, Forbidden, Forbidden Desert, hmm. Hmm. Um, like all over the place. Yeah. Elder Sign. Elder Sign is a lot of fun. Uh, is Elder Sign the card version? It's a board game one. It's, well, uh, they've got like, uh, like two or three versions of like Elder Sign, Arkham Horror, and I think there's like maybe one more that are all kind of. Similar, but it's just like different levels of scale and slightly different ways to play. Uh, Elder Sign is like Arkham Horror, but smaller. Okay, yeah. Uh, I played that, I think, two years ago as like a demo. Um, and like I enjoyed it, but it just kind of felt like it felt like Arkham Horror, but smaller to me. So I've never played Arkham Horror. It's 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 like Elder Sign, but bigger. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, there um, you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I also, uh, I was up in the, the DC area and I got to see, um, Adam and Laura and Rachel from the technical difficulties podcast. who We are all friends with, um, and I got to have dinner with them one night and, uh, we played, uh, five tribes, which is another sort of competitive board game. It's got a, a, a sort of Middle Eastern Arabian nights kind of theme or uh, aesthetic to it. And there's a bunch of different ways. You're basically just trying to collect the, uh, as many points as you can. And like different things are worth different amount of points. So like there's, you can get uh, like take over towns. You can get like the, um, like pick up like priests and all sorts of those kind of things and set up like, there's like a slight kind of Catan feel to it a little bit. And that, like, you take over like trade routes and things like that. It's there's a lot of stuff going on, and it's very much about like kind of picking a tactic to get as many points as possible, uh, and just rolling with it through the entire game. So that was pretty fun. Yeah, um, Chris, I think you've tried to get me involved in a game here a couple times, but it just never did pan out. But did you, I think you finally got to play Lasers and Feelings this year. Oh yeah. Oh, Lasers and Feelings is um it's one of those dumb like one page games where mm-hmm. they're trying really hard to uh like
play up the Star Trek original series throwaway episodes. Yeah, like the, something the, bad. Yeah, something the Ultra bad. Camp. Yeah, it's great. So something bad has happened to the captain, and it's up to us, the bridge team, to fix it. Yeah. And like, um, which we should have uh, an AP of that coming up eventually, hopefully. Yeah, somebody recorded it. I didn't know whose podcast that was going to show up on ours or on. Uh... Uh, I think that was going to be on on ours since it was okay. uh, me and Chris as the the representatives, and then we had um, Greg from Technical Difficulties, and then Ray from Insert Quest here. But yeah, uh, I got to play in that. It was very fun. Uh, Chris did an excellent job of ramping up the crazy uh, 60s Star Trek feel. Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> How many red... No, you'll spoil it. Never mind. I, I need to listen to this one myself. I was just curious about the red shirts, but we'll get to that in, in good time here. Uh, you know, speaking with other kind of campy games that we got to play this year, uh, I got to join in on a Monster of the Week uh I guess mini campaign that we did with our Sunday group here, Chris and I. Oh yeah, that was a lot of fun. I basically tried to play Danny Trejo. <laughs> nice. Nerdy Danny Trejo, like an accountant Danny Trejo, but you know. Uh, I played Mulder, except my name was Terry Thornsburg. <laughs> I made so many appearances in role-playing games this year. Did I make an appearance <laughs> in last night's game yet? Uh, I almost forgot about you. Um, <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I tried to remind you. You you did. There was a lot of things going on, and we only had two hours to get uh, <laughs> the almost the entirety of the first session of No Soul Left Behind in. So you will be making more appearances later <laughs> on. Besides, I need to practice my Kentucky accent. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be driving through here in a couple months. You may break down again. Yeah. <laughs> in hazard. <laughs> Oh, oh God, no! God, he would take a damn wrong turn, end up in hazard by going yeah. off of sixty four. So, monsters of the week, tons of fun with that. Uh, God, actually, we all got to take part in uh, Knights Black Agents. We've got a partial mini campaign completed. Hopefully, we'll go back to it and all that. But uh, yeah, yeah, Noah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I got the. I was running um, the Dubai Reckoning, which is a like a a couple sessions long uh, Knights Black Agents uh, campaign that uh, hopefully we'll be going back to soon-ish. There's, you know, it's the holidays and all that, so it's pretty hectic. Oh, um, but it's all yeah, real. yeah we'll, we'll, we will get back into that and uh, and wrap that up. And I think one last thing I want to mention about the games we played and all that, and it's kind of the premise of what brought this podcast together for me, which was I'm trying to learn about role-playing games. Mm -hmm. So I read about them. You guys will kind of bounce stuff off. It's been working great so far, helping me out. I actually <laughs> started a one-shot that turned into a mini campaign uh, <laughs> of Fear Itself this year. So oh, this, yeah, the six-session six one-shot. Six sessions. Phony Five made it on the website, and one of them out of got order. out of order. Yeah, <laughs> hey, numbers are confusing, guys. But I actually completed... That's the longest series of game that of a game that I've ever ran, and I haven't ran a wealth of them to, at this point here. And we're going to do a workshop on that. Hopefully, it's still fresh in our mind. <laughs> Holiday season's kind of killed that uh, recording that we were going to do. So don't worry, I've, I've written down my notes. I definitely, you know, with my experience of playing 
of, of running a long game like that, I feel definitely feel more confident as a game master. And, you know, so it was mm-hmm. kind of a milestone for me. So Fear Itself, awesome. Randy, Randy original one did a scenario called uh, Ocean in the Forest. Uh, please check it out. Uh, it should be in correct order. You know, mistakes were made, but, you know, it's overall turned out great. So hmm. awesome. So I've only ever run Unknown Armies one shots in the past. Because mm-hmm. it's it's a very hard game for people to get interested in. Yeah. And this is the first time I've ever actually run a campaign. And, uh, I've Aaron, who uh, will apparently be on this podcast a little bit later, uh, has gotten really into it. And it's one of the most fun, some of the most fun I've had this year. Oh, God damn. damn I fucking needed it this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. To um, much, much to my chagrin, we did not decide to start recording our actual weekly sessions until several episodes into it. So we will definitely work on recording season two when that, whenever that comes out after a brief break. But Chris, while it's fresh on my mind, we already mentioned that uh, it kickstarted and PDF copies are out for Unknown Armies. What's your impression of the second edition versus the first edition? You mean the third versus the second? Oh, this is the third? Yes. Numbers. I told you guys, numbers. Uh, anyway, what do you think comparing the oh. two that you've read? Well, uh, second edition is interesting in that it's it's definitely a product of its time. It There were a lot of innovations between the late 90s and early 2000s and now like 2015, 2016. So I would say third edition is a much more narrative game and it's much more focused. I can definitely uh, see that. Yeah, second second edition was about here are these cool NPCs and here's how magic works and here's how all this stuff happens. Here's this this big world that we've written a bunch of stuff about. Go yeah. and do stuff in it, as opposed to here's like something that you can do that is very focused. Yeah, go and try like, that. In third edition is very much about like here's this focused thing. Like okay, you guys are all obsessed about a specific thing and you want to get it done desperately. Here's how we can help you do that and weird sidetrack things. Also, uh, magic. And I really yeah. like that. I, I, I'm always I'm always about games where people desperately want to do things. And I'll be honest with you, Chris, that game intimidates at this point in my development as a game master. That game, to run it, would intimidate the ever-living shit out of me for the same reasons that you like it. It's very... If the group wants it to be, it's a very it could be a very non-linear almost sandbox to a degree of what yeah. you can do and you carry it off masterfully up I, I must admit and you know <laughs> that, that, that amount of freedom at this point i kind of like the rails right now I'll, t- I'll take the training wheels off later and i'll be, <laughs> that's fair but yeah it was definitely great so seems like i picked a good time to jump into the role-playing game hobby seems like Definitely in the two years that I've been following it, the hobby has grown from this, like each year almost exponentially. Yeah. I think 2016, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but we have Gen Con. Uh, as far as the state of the hobby goes, we had a, another year of record attendance. And one particular aspect of this that I know tickled Noah to death was where did Gen Con spill over to? Uh, it went over to the, uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, so just, it just, it, it tickles me to no end the fact that here's like one of the biggest, like, 
hardcore nerd shit conventions in the country and we're having a huge portion of it in a football stadium and like not even just like a bunch of nerds hanging out in a football stadium looking at stuff it's the like the larp game where you go through like a maze and you fight with like shuffleboard tactics and all this other stuff <laughs> the true dungeon yeah that's what happened in the Lucas Oil Stadium, and like it only could have been better if it had happened on the actual field itself, with like the astroturf or whatever they use there, underneath everybody's feet, and just like I could just feel like the 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 rage coming from <laughs> your stereotypical '80s jocks as they just see nerds trampling all over the the sacred football field. So, no, how did your True Gungeon game go? Well, I was doing okay to it. Fucking Dragon got me on the 30-yard line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got I got sacked right before the end zone. <laughs> Fucking third down. God damn it. I have Chris. to I have to kick the, the, the hobbit over the friggin' field goal to actually win the <laughs> Chris, quick, throw in a sports ball metaphor. Go. Oh, sorry, a what? Sports ball. Football. Go. Oh, uh... I think probably in the the amount of like football knowledge, it probably goes add on me than Chris. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know fucking nothing about football. Do you know what the line of scrimmage is? Is is that where you get the quaffle? Yes. (laughs) Yes, it is. That's where they release the Quidditch, Chris. Mm-hmm. Or the snitch. Um, excuse me. The Quidditch is the sport. You are referring to the Golden Snitch, which itself is based off the Golden Snitch, um, which was a like the oh Golden Snitch itself was a bird. Oh. If you've known from Fantastic Beasts where to find them, the original uh, book that came out around the same time as Prisoner of Azkaban. I think All I right, remember it somewhere. Chris, put your put your nerd boner back. You win. <laughs> God, uh, I read job. those books when I was like twelve. I don't know how I still remember them. I don't even like. I've seen like up to Gobble the Fire. I've never read a book and all, but like I, I just believe in Kentucky. Into that. <laughs> Damn, God, fuck you! I got an English degree. I've read literature, sir. <laughs> anyway, we digress greatly here. So. You know, Gen Con record attendance. Yep. There was a little bit of iffy stuff politically speaking. Well, wasn't a Ugh. little bit. We had some <laughs> issues with Indianapolis. Well, that's and- that's only gotten kind of worse considering who the governor of Indiana was at the time. Yeah, um, <laughs> your future vice president. <laughs> oh, but yeah. So that that whole thing happened. That was last year, though. Since then, it's gotten a little bit better. A lot of the these things that happened then were kind of declawed to effectively being useless. And I know Gen Con had the contract to stay in Indianapolis till 2020. And they recently announced, well, recently, probably like three months ago, they announced that they've extended it by a year uh, to 2021. So that's what they're going to be staying for for a while. Until either the the city of Indianapolis breaks under all that fat nerd weight, <laughs> or they find a new city to that can handle all of them, them neckbeards and 
Utilicals. Which we saw several. Yes. There was there was quite a few. There wasn't as many this year, but there was definitely a, a fair amount. You know, they probably have to end up building a city around Gen Con as big as I mean, they pretty much <laughs> did that for downtown Indianapolis. Yeah. Like they'll have to build Gen Con City, which is sort of like kind of ironic considering it came from Lake Geneva, Michigan. I think so. It was named after a city, and then there'll be a city named after it. It's just a, a never-ending cycle. I like it. It's poetic. And then in the cyberpunk future, it'll be new Gen Con City. <laughs> Hope it's better than new metal. To your, uh, maybe I'm just showing my age here. <laughs> I don't think you could complain about new metal, Mister. I met Fred Durst. <laughs> also met disturbed, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Ugh. Can we move on to something else, please? Hey, Chris, speaking of things that disgust you, what, <laughs> what else happened this year in RPG-related news? Good segue, oh, yeah. Adam. You know, we worked that in there. So, do you all remember, there's this little website called Drive Through RPG. Yeah. Uh, you mean the single biggest online RPG purveyor? I yeah. mean, I guess... <laughs> But yeah, no. Uh, a while back, somebody noticed on Tumblr that DriveThruRPG was selling a uh, product called Tournament of Rapists. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Not yeah. good. Yeah, no. Uh, not good in the first, uh, at the very first bit. And uh, I uh, made the mistake of reading it. Ooh. Oh boy. How does bleach yeah. feel in your eyes, Chris? Did it like? How did you get clean after that? It was bad. There are there are rules in that book for um, go go light on the description because I've yet to convince Apple to tell me how to change this from from friendly PG to explicit. Their their tech support still can't help me. So all right, well, <laughs> um, for using the fact that you are fighting a rape victim as a weapon against said rape victim. Wow, that, that is that is a uh, stunt. So this is, uh, I mean, it's an absolutely awful, awful. Yeah, no, it's awful like thing. It's terrible and wrong and all sorts of things. And uh, I personally, I uh, sent Drive Through RPG an email saying that I'm going to boycott them until it gets uh, removed. And I mm-hmm. was not the only person who did that. Yes, there was there was quite the 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 backlash online. Yeah. Um, and for a while, they said they weren't going to, they weren't going to remove the product because this is a form of censorship, which I'm not really sure how that fails. It's like, hey, man, you can, you can sell this stuff, but I'm not going to buy from you. That's not censorship. But eventually they rehashed their policies and they've been working on tagging their adult specific content. They were doing that. I I thought I heard something about how they were going to be able to do like, um, when people submit stuff to go up on uh, drive through, there's actually going to be like a like a review process for it, process yes. for it now, or something like that. Yeah, yes, there is. Um, but this has also caused a backlash itself among the uh, old school Renaissance nerds and um, the sorts of folks who are really into Lamentation of the Flame Princess. Yeah, so like, I can appreciate that sort of D and D but gritty style, mm-hmm. but you need. We all need to think about the world around us, and maybe not progressive politics, but uh, how it affects. There's, there's, I mean, there's a difference between like a a kind of gritty, brutal, uh, like 
old school dun- Dungeons and Dragons scenario, and then something that is just horrible, horrible sexual violence. It's a and rape violence on yeah. on top of all of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a rape simulator. It's fucking terrible. Yeah. And first off. And I do have several opinions on this, and this seems like something good for us to expand on here. First off, I mean, I'm against censorship in most forms and stuff like that, but I'm also more interested in art and less in just trash, smut, or whatnot you want to call it. Because in the very definition of pornography, an artistic work without merit, which, I mean, that's kind of subjective terms, but, you know, it, it it disturbs me, and I couldn't imagine the playgroup that would get around, yeah. you know, and sit there and look each other in the eye and play this god-awful game. I mean, I'm not even comfortable, like, if I walked in a room and there's a bunch of people and there's, like, a prolonged sex scene in a movie. I'm kind of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the good old playing some... Some Metal Gear Solid 2 and, and vamps on the screen, and it just yeah. it's awkward for everybody. I can't play Witcher yeah. 3 right now because my kids, even though they wouldn't know what was on the screen, I'm just not real comfortable with Geralt getting to swerve on yeah. my little girl. <laughs> oh. As you hear my child in the background, like, I, dude, she don't know what it is, but still. And, you know, one last thing I want to add on that whole issue here is I, I'm glad that there's a review process. I, you know, you know, if freedom, it's it's kind of a double-edged sword, freedom of expression and stuff like that. But I find it very sad that as I sit here raising a, raising a family, I'm trying to figure out what kind of RPG I can start my two daughters out playing. While in this same hobby, there is a game that involves raping women. And, I mean, that's just, you know, there's an ugly side to everything. And definitely my kids will not be exposed to that. But it's just... I don't know, just the whole dynamic of that just it's it's awkward. just it's saddening to know that there's somebody who would create that and enjoy that as a, a thing to do in their off time. Yeah. It's upsetting, but yeah. Different strokes for different folks and all that. <laughs> On to so. something a little bit lighter. Oh yeah, let's go cheery. What else yeah. happened? Um have you looked into uh No Thank You Evil? I can't say that I have. Please tell me more. Um, it's a, a game from Monty Cook Games, and it is an RPG specifically aimed at kids. In fact, there's um at, right now at the bundle of holding, there's a uh, an entire collection of family friendly RPGs. So you've got like Doe, Fate of the Flying Temple, Young Centurions, Harvesters. Like I, I'm not, we are not, not getting paid. I just I like all this stuff. Yeah, and bundle of holding is actually really really cool and. If you are into RPGs, which I hope if you are listening to this podcast, you are, you should always be checking out Bundle of Holding because I think it's like one guy and he just goes and gets like coupons and stuff like that. Or like he, he does like all of this like in his off time to, to set up Bundle of Holding. So um, I think it's set up through DriveThru actually. Well, they, they do a lot of stuff with DriveThru, but I think like there was only like maybe one or two guys that actually do like that run the Bundle of Holding like site itself. Appreciate that. So that was a nice little unexpected jewel there. Definitely be yeah. getting that. And I'm I'm gonna take the segue real quick. Okay. So uh, I believe uh, No Thank You Evil was actually a kickstarted uh, RPG, and over the past like two or three years, Kickstarter has been going more and more, and more and more RPGs are using it as a way to actually get funding and get published and everything like that. So um, it's just been. A, growing more and more and like i said uh 
Seventh C, the second edition, was like the most backed RPG Kickstarter, I believe. Um, I know Monty Cook Games just did a uh, one for like a, a boutique uh, role playing game that uh, was it uh, Secret Sun, I think. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just been it's been growing more and more. Um, uh, our friend Caleb Stokes, who we had on to promote his Kickstarter, his game did Gangbusters. Um, he hit all of his prepared stretch goals and and a little extra. So, yeah, we're getting a beautiful hardback cover, a color <laughs> book. Yes, hardback in color. It's going to be a a dictionary in size, apparently. So, Upland also did magnificently. Yes. So yeah, I mean, it's it really seems like if you've got a a really kind of unique and a a good support network with you that you can just knock it out of the park with a lot of these, uh, these RPGs. Yep. And even some RPG game designers who aren't ex- actually shopping a game have did very well on uh, Kickstarter. <laughs> I know Greg Stosey, for example, even started the, uh, ra- was using the ransom model for his short stories. Mm-hmm. Well, we talked about the game that he was very deeply involved with unknown armies kickstarting this year. Greg also had a collection of, uh, his own, uh, well, makes sense if it's his own of, uh, fiction that mm-hmm. kickstarted this year. What was that one called again, Chris? Uh, Thank you for screaming. And I, I know I backed it. Uh, uh, I think we all backed it. Um, yeah. I know I have a, a physical copy. I don't know if everybody else got physical copies. Or not. I still need, I still need to get my physical copy, but I I have the uh, physical copy, a lino cut, and uh, the patch. Oh, nice! Yeah, one of the um, the the Schrodinger press patches. Yep, we can be patch buddies. We can be patch buddies. Patch buddies! (laughs) Yay! Um, He's also uh, preparing for a another uh, book Kickstarter, um, which is actually a tie-in with Unknown Armies, I believe. Yeah, you. I, I'm super excited for that as well. So definitely be watching, uh, you know, Greg Sozi's homepage, which is God, Chris. I know it's in your favorites bar. Pull it up, GregSozi.com. Awesome, that makes sense. Uh, or you can follow him on Twitter. Uh, I believe it's just uh, at Greg Stolze. I'll pull it up real quick. You guys keep talking. Hmm. Well, um, a few more things that I've backed this year are. Uh, well, as Adam said, unknown armies, red markets, stuff like that. Uh, this isn't really tangential to uh, uh, <laughs> role playing exchange, but I backed the, I backed the rock block, which is a really interesting way of playing vinyls. Oh, that's cool! It's a, yeah, it's a portable vinyl player. At last, <laughs> yeah. Let me be pretentious in public. <laughs> yes. Uh, and that is uh, at Greg Stolze, G-R-E-G-S-T-O-L-Z-E. Oh, man. And just an hour ago, I backed another uh, another uh, Kickstarter, <laughs> which seems like it's going to be amazing. Uh, I believe you called it the next Alpha Omega. Nope. <laughs> you're, you're, you're really showing uh, some, some love and support for this game. <laughs> Shintiar RPG, a world of magic and time paradoxes. <laughs> oh great just what i want <laughs> yep. i mean it has some very pretty art and also some very sexist art uh, i mean you know like you do yeah no this is i, I feel like it's going to be a, a fantasy heartbreaker and it's already funded 
So, uh, y'all get ready for uh, okay, a, a tabletop role-playing game on the event horizon where time is broken and magic blends with technology. Uh, so I, I hope you are ready to just hold my hand through however this game system is played, because I am <laughs> not learning it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's entirely reasonable. It's time um, travel. We're all using D4s. Go with it. <laughs> oh, no, know. no. You use a D100 and a D10 at the same time. See, I, I would think a D4 would actually kind of work, just because it's divisible by 12. Nope. Or reverse D100 that. and D10. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I wish I wish the creators of uh, that game the best of luck. So, what are some 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 other stuff that people have back? Because I have a lot of things because I am financially irresponsible. Oh. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you one of the, a little bit of a different kind of thing that I backed this year, though it is RPG related. Despite how you know, thirty minutes ago I said I'm, I don't care much for the Pazo kind of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, well, Pazo is not Dungeons and Dragons, but you know Pathfinder, that you know sword and sorcery kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I've always been a big fan of. I guess it's Orpheus now, like something Orpheus with Dead Gentleman or Dead whatever. I, I, the creators of uh, the Gamers and then the Gamers Two Darkness Rises and all that. Okay, uh, they had a uh, Kickstarter for the next series of Journey Quest. That okay. uh, so I backed it. I think my name will be in the credits somewhere, which is cool and all, but I've always been a fan of uh, those actors and their work and what they do for the hobby in general. So I was tickled to jump in on that, and it succeeded, and I think they're getting ready to start posting the new season before too long. Awesome. Well, sounds cool. So how about you, Noah? What, uh, tell, tell me what, a, what somebody with disposable income does. <sighs> I mean, it, it really shouldn't be disposable income, but I treat it like it is, so... I backed Unknown Armies 3, which we have talked at length about. I backed the full edition of Katanas and Trenchcoats, which is a a pastiche RPG about 90s cyberpunk and the, the 90s like uh, role-playing aesthetic. So, you know, you have stats for, like, one of your stats is, like, leather pants and, like, things like that. So... There was like a, a April Fool's like version of it that was that was like the original edition, and now they're coming out with like a, a full full game. Um, and I believe Adam Jury from Post uh, Human is yeah. involved. I know he was involved in the original like April Fool's kind of edition of it. Um, and I believe he's doing more work on this one. I backed uh, Noisy Person Cards, which is like a role-playing aids slash sort of like, you know, just kind of get together and bullshit with your friends kind of game uh, by James D'Amato, who is, does uh one shot podcast. We backed uh, red markets, which we've had Caleb on and we've talked at length about that. It's a really good game. And so keep your eye out for it. I backed a couple of stupid uh, plush toys because I am a child. So I got a, um, a question hound, AKA the, this is fine dog. Got mm-hmm. a plush of that, and then I got a plush, two plushes of a uh, an artist uh, made plushes of Shiba Inus, and I love Shiba Inus, so I got those because I can't actually afford having a real dog, nor am I nearly responsible enough in my current position in life. Also, Shiba Inus aren't dogs; they're they're small cat like creatures that look like dogs. Yes, <laughs> uh, I backed. 
both the Deadlands 20th anniversary and the Deadlands Reload, Reloaded Good Intentions Kickstarters, which was a simultaneous kind of Kickstarter where if you back one, if you back both of them, you can kind of lump together your your pledges and get like some extra bonus stuff and, and shared shipping and things like that. The Deadlands 20th anniversary is like a full reprint of the the original Deadlands books in color. I think it still has the opening, uh, the the foreword by Bruce Campbell, and it's got this nice hardback cover. And, and they they did a special thing where you can get um like some extra dice and like a, a a nice like wood box to put everything in and all this other stuff. Uh, Deadlands Reloaded Good Intentions is the last of the major plot point campaigns for uh, Deadlands. So it's Deadlands Reloaded and Deadlands Classic technically too have like this big overarching kind of like meta plot. So this is sort of like the last one of those that deals with like the last major villain in the setting. Um, I backed the Fidget Cube, which is a small vinyl toy that if you are a fidgety kind of person, that always has to be doing something with his hands. Uh, It's perfect for that because it has like a little like analog stick on it that you can kind of spin around. It has like things that you can roll and click and press and all this stuff. So it kind of helps with if you're fidgety or have like anxiety or something like that, it can definitely be helpful. Had I thought about it at the time, I would have gotten a second one and sent it to Greg Stolze because every time I have seen him on a panel, he is always fiddling with something. And that includes our cable ties that we use for the, the, the mic cables and stuff like that. Yeah. So get him one of those. So I'll stop tearing up our, <laughs> we did make some beautiful origami swans yeah yes that is true i backed uh thank you for screaming uh backed upwind i backed steve lichman volume two uh, so steve lichman is a comic series by dave uh Raposa, i believe i think that's how you say his last name but it's basically the the story of a a lich named steve um, and his monster friends in their their dungeon lifestyle, and how they're just trying to you know they have everyday problems. They're just trying to not get murdered by adventurers who are terrible, terrible people. Like you do. So, so the the second volume of that got kickstarted this year. So I'm waiting for that. I backed the Book of Three Gates, which is like a Lovecraftian horror sort of like encyclopedia kind of deal, uh, a compendium. I also got the the. I back to the level where you also get the book of starry wisdom, which was the first one of their books. Um, it has a bunch of like neat art and, and have like essays and stuff like that about like Lovecraftian monsters and, and things like that. And then finally I just backed uh, plague rogue, which it rode, which is a like strategy RPG set in sort of a, a medieval Gothic kind of, Setting, um, the biggest reason I backed that is because a couple of people that I like, like Conrad Zimmerman and, and Jim Sterling, are all involved with that. So um, I basically just backed it to support them and the stuff that they do. So that should be it. Well, <laughs> with that being said, thanks for tuning in to the Role Playing Exchange Year End Review. Hopefully we will uh, have a... <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we'll have another year to review. Yeah next yeah, year yeah. I, I hope that too and more than <laughs> yeah, just a, nice. and more than just i hope this podcast is still around kind of sense yeah um, kind of look at the big picture here <laughs> yeah okay well um 
Beyond that, uh, our theme music is uh, Critical Hit by Ghost Mice. Check out uh, their music and other folk punk goodness on Planet X Records. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at RP Exchange and the Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash the role-playing exchange. Mm-hmm. And please feel free to share some of your highlights, uh, gaming, film, and otherwise, in the comments section here on the website. And with that, thank you, and have a great New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We still haven't thought this through. (laughs) Hey, we're not quite done with this episode yet. Wanted to uh, check in with Aaron. Now, you may recognize Aaron's smooth, dulcet, Texas tones from the Fear Itself actual play. I am the king of bad decisions. Uh, (laughs) You didn't. You didn't derail that campaign, though. I will. I will. Or I wouldn't call it a campaign, but you didn't beat a man to death in the game. Yeah, yeah. I didn't break. I didn't break sequence and kick a man to death. But so, Aaron, we've had a kind of an eventful year, and I assume that you've had about the same. Any games kind of stick out in your mind that you played this year that you didn't play last year? Unknown Armies, Red Markets, and the new Delta Green Edition. Between Delta Green, uh, Unknown Armies, and Red Markets, which one kind of sticks out to you as being something different, something more innovative than things that you've played in the past? In terms of something that's completely different than what I've played in the past, I'd probably say um, Unknown Armies in that, I don't think I've ever failed so many checks in one game before. Yeah, I, I was there with you, buddy. It's it's kind of unique how they do that. It's In a way, you want to fuck up, because when you fuck up, then you get to put a notch under that ability, and you can level that ability up. So it's not like a continual, you get the shit beat out of you throughout the course of the game. But Yeah, but I also like uh, Unknown Armies because it empowers me to be the worst person I can think of. <laughs> Definitely a fun game. And the uh, the collaborative aspects are, are really interesting. Like, uh, uh, you know, we set up a goal. We chose where we want wanted to set the game, which, I mean, you know, Red Markets does that too, but it's different because this is us. You know, Chris is running and he chooses what happens, but we choose, we've basically explained why it's happening. Yeah. Like, we chose what our ultimate goal is. So and as as a uh, as a GM that that game I mean it's amazing but it it intimidates me because I like having every everything planned out and Chris is doing a masterful job of it but at the same time like that kind of there's like a free form nature to it where yeah that's one of those games I would probably never run but any time the offer came up to play I would definitely take part and what about Delta Green what what you got to say about I, that one Call of Cthulhu is is Probably it's the role-playing game that uh, it's going to be kind of a, a rambly answer, but okay. So years ago, right? I my brother had a bunch of the world, the old or the New World of Darkness books, and I was looking at it, I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then I bought myself the New World of Darkness uh, core rulebook. I was like, ah, this is kind of cool, but I don't really have anybody to play with. And then I found through our PPR Call of Cthulhu, and I got super into that. And that's that's still I like Delta Green more, but Call of Cthulhu has a special place in my heart. But through Call of Cthulhu, I found Delta Green, and there's just so much you can do with Delta Green, and it's it's just it combines two things I really love: horror. Well, I guess horror in the Cthulhu mythos, but I guess Cthulhu mythos is itself a horror thing. But and there's just so many cool stories you can tell. There's so many great existing source books. There's going to be plenty of new source books coming out. It's just 
it's such a big world and a big community and it's so much, it's just an easy to use system too. I suck at learning new games, but I picked that one up pretty quick. I think one of the big things I enjoy about Delta Green is the majority, it seems like, of Call of Cthulhu scenarios that are out there or settings or everything like that is set during the uh, early 20th century, which, you know, like during the 20s. Yeah. Yeah. And I've always had, always had a trouble connecting with that error as much, so much. And Delta Green is a great excuse to at least jump ahead several decades and, you know, jump in in the nineties or, you know, two thousands, you know, war terror and all that. It's like, I find it easier to relate to that. Oh, definitely. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely. It's, it's easier to play a character in. It's easier to like plan for. It's just as much as I love Call of Cthulhu, Delta Green is just an easier, in some ways, an easy, just an easier system to use. Yeah. It's so great that, that skills like that you can, you can fiat a skill check basically. Like if you, you can get information to your players without having to worry about them missing it because they messed up a role. Like you can just say, okay, what's your, what's your skill rating for that? For you know, computer use or whatever. Yeah, it's a nice marriage of kind of what Gumshoe does with having investigative points. Yeah, yeah, you can just slow drip it instead of hoping they make the roll and giving it to them all at once. Awesome. Now let's let's finish up here with a little bit of red markets. Um, I think you described it. What was your one word description? You think of red markets? Uh, brutal. <laughs> Fucking brutal. Yeah, it is. We've uh, we're we're currently engaged in a. Uh, a campaign and that, that brutality comes out more and more with, with each session of the mother load. But look, nothing that's happened in this campaign so far has been like even half on par with Noah, literally using a tomahawk as a rudder and a woman's spine. Like, like in that one game he ran. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was Jesus Christ. If only I'd recorded that. <laughs> That still may be the most violent thing I've ever encountered in a game that I've played in. Well, I, I mean, Chris kicked a man to death, but... I should have totally made Noah cut off that woman's wedding. Well, give him the option of cutting off her wedding ring. <laughs> oh, my God. I think he did. I mentioned it jokingly, but I should have really kind of made that more appealing. <laughs> yeah, but the current campaign's uh it's it's not off to a great start. Poor thumb. No, definitely not. But uh I mean any anything sticks out to you about that particular system that you would tell your friends and recommend you know, red markets to them? Well, I like that it's got different difficulty settings, for lack of a better word. It is very simplified in that you don't have to worry about really worrying how much gun or how much gun how much ammo your gun can hold you just got charges, you know, you don't have to worry about carrying battery, carrying batteries. You just got charges and it's, you know, it's real tense in a good way. You're constantly trying to figure out, okay, I can do this, but it's going to bite me in the ass later. Or I can take this hit now and, you know, for greater, greater gain down the road. I, I just like all the risk reward, I guess. Yeah. It, it pulls on this gambling kind of aspect to role playing. So yeah. Awesome. Well, Aaron, I'd like to thank you for uh, jumping in on this and look forward to your further contributions to the Rope Playing Exchange. And uh, you have a good new year, buddy. Will do. Uh, also, looking forward to tra- uh, not Trail of Cthulhu, Fall of Delta Green next year. Oh, Woo! gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs>
Goodbye, everybody. Later. <laughs> Not all fights are won by skill. Some are won by luck. Don't ever give in. You've got to keep on trying till you lose or you win. Cross your fingers, roll the die. Wait with hope for the big 2-0. Cross your fingers, roll the die. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Let it roll, let it go.